Well, hey, Rockaroo fans, here we are again. This time after five wins. Rockies coming away with five wins in the last week. Five out of seven. It's pretty good, huh? That is good. It's not perfect. That's good. It is not perfect. They still have, uh, well, yeah, I mean, they just continue to win series. I guess that's that's the way you get into the playoffs. Mm, We're a quarter of the way through, too. So so they're in first place after a quarter of the season has been... uh, played so that's exciting i'm worried that i'm gonna get spoiled on this little short season and i'm not gonna want it to go back to 162 i I think that it i mean obviously we're huge baseball fans we do a podcast about a specific baseball team but i like this short little 60 games into the playoffs with 16 teams and it, it it uh it definitely keeps my focus more I think it's fair to say that, um, yeah, you definitely have a, a laser focus. I think it's fair to say that both of us are proponents of not playing 162, and maybe it's more like 120. But what if they did it this way? What if they did, you know, two halves of the season, a six, one 60-game half and a second 60-game half, and then, you know, to win the division, the two teams that finish first in both halves, you know, play each other as a as a playoff for the for the division win. That's kind of how they do it in the minors, is it not? Yeah. And kind of, I think. I'm not a big, maybe. I don't have a lot of knowledge when it comes to that, but yeah, I think in either double A or single A or something they do have a, a two halves of the season, so maybe it's a little too nuanced for the traditionalists, which seems like most baseball fans are for some reason, but uh, we got to hear a little bit about that when they were talking about the DH, and Drew specifically claimed himself as a traditionalist, but did make the comment, I don't miss watching pitchers hit, and that's the way I am. I don't miss it at all. I have highly enjoyed the DH. Yeah, yeah, and I think... I think this season is going to help a lot things like the DH and the NL as well as a shorter overall season. Um, so whether whether you're in favor of those changes or not, I think uh, this this deal here that we're going through now is is just positive evidence in favor of that. In favor of those changes, yeah. There's it's it's ridiculous. the 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 batter spot, or excuse me, the the pitcher batting is essentially just a wasted lineup spot. Though I have kind of noticed that on the other side of the ball, you know, the other team's pitcher isn't coming up ever. So that is one tiny negative, but not a big enough negative to to. Uh, want to continue to see pitchers hit 
Right, and it really makes you work that depth. And I really like the roster construction and the way, like, it doesn't mean that you don't still have to choose the right time to get your pitcher out of there or uh, to put a pinch hitter in because you still got to have, you know, some of your your poor hitters in the lineup, you know, because you have to feel the posi- uh, player at each position. So it's not like you get to just load your lineup down with a bunch of dudes that can hit, you know. So I th- there's still a lot of managing going on, and I like I like it, and it's nice to see it. I think on both sides, even even though you're not facing the other team's pitcher uh, to get that out, it it makes your you're watching the game. It makes makes it more interesting because you don't ever think to yourself, oh, well, this inning's going to start with the pitcher, or this this inning has you know the eight nine or the seven eight pitcher up so should be able to get out of it real quick like there's always something happening so you got to be laser focused you know i think uh you can see that in the in the way that the pitchers have approached the lineup yeah and another thing i like about it is you can get a guy like a trevor story a day off from the field, but still keep his bat in the lineup or Nolan, which we haven't seen yet, but I'm sure we will. Um, especially when you do have those long stretches without an off day, you can just, you know, you can get them that, that rest without losing their bat from the lineup. And I like that as well. Though maybe, maybe story needs to be uh full time DH with, with his play in the field. What's going on there? That was the one negative to this week. Yeah, big time negative. Um, I don't know. It's 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 weird because it seems like he's those plays that you just you never see him miss. He's missing, mm-hmm. but he's still getting like still getting to balls and making those great plays. Uh, it's just real odd to to watch him miss, a, you know, a grounder up the middle and just straight drop it. You know. I mean, you expect that from Chris Owings. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tre- I believe was it it was Wednesday's loss, one of the two losses from the uh, from the week. He was almost single handedly. Trevor Story was almost single handedly responsible for that. Um, almost, almost. He gave up, or he he made the air. A runner got on, and then the next play. It was a ball hit like right by him. It wasn't an air, but you could and 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 Houston even and brought it up. I think the runner was moving, was was ste- stealing second, so Trevor was kind of sneaking towards second base and then the ball was hit right by him and then uh I, I can't remember exactly how it went down, but there was like the next batter hit a double or a homer and and they lost that game. So, um you know, little but kind of a butterfly effect thing as well. So, uh, you, yeah, you, the, and I worry. I hope it's not. He's not going the direction of Charlie Blackman, where now he's all focused about the offensive side of the ball and just worried about getting his hits and his bombs, and then the defense is kind of just, um, taking a back seat to that. And I think I think we kind of saw that with Charlie. I mean, I don't think Charlie was ever as good as Trevor was, but hopefully it's just a, a short little 
deal for Trevor, but it, it was kind of ugly this week for him. Yeah. Um, and with that, with Trevor, you really laser focus in on that stuff because you expect him to be making those plays. You know, the expectation is another thing for him. and But that's part of it. That's what he wants, and that's what we want from him. So he's got to step up and not allow that junk to happen because, you know, got to win games this year. Uh, every year, obviously. Uh, and it's just, it's easy to... Man, I don't know. Like it feels, it's real weird because it's the Rockies are playing really well. Like they just are. But for some reason, it's just in my head. All I, all I can focus in on is all the like negative stuff that's happening with you know with Trevor Story and his play, the lineup today against the against the Mariners, and the way that that whole game went down, which was the second loss out of the you know the two series so they only lose two games out of however many out of seven so you're not going to complain about that but also it's like the ones they're losing just feels like they're kind of letting them go but that could be the way it always is and it's just easy to focus on that however the pitching has been starting pitching has been continued to just rock hitting has really stepped it up uh except for you know mcmahon and and Arenado to some extent. I I, I don't want to say that because he hit some pretty critical bombs, but um, you know everything that you see out there is good. Uh, the bullpen, for the most part, has been looking good, and they're getting themselves out of uh, hairy situations. But um, they did play the Giants and Mariners this these last two sets too. So, but doesn't matter. Got to take care of business. So. Right, yeah, and and I throw Hilliard in there. It's a bummer to see him not not live up, at least to my ex- expectations. Uh, I, I get it; he's still young, but <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, it's so hard for me to talk about. You know, I get my throat closes up on me because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want him to be so yeah, good. Yeah, cause yeah, because I think we've all seen. Hit the potential. I will. I don't know. I can't remember what game it was this week, but uh, it should. Should I be saying this week or last week? I don't. I don't know yet. Last week. Uh, depend, depends. I guess last I, week. Like, I guess it would be last week. Yeah. Well, on one of the games last week, um, Spielberg said, "I kind of. I missed the beginning of the conversation, but they were." He said some comment about, he said, yeah, I went from prospect to suspect real fast. And <laughs> I really like that because it's, I mean, we all love prospects, right? Because there's the unknown, but yeah. a lot of times they don't pan out. Chu Freeman is a famous example for me. I thought that guy was yeah. going to be all world. Um, and he, he, he wasn't, he wasn't. Yeah. I, I don't even know how many of you remember him but uh, uh so i did oh, yeah. like that i, I remember him. i do feel confident saying this about hilliard i think he's the best outfielder on the roster whoa yeah that's pretty confident i take him from what we've seen yeah i take him over doll you're saying overall 
overall and over doll. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot. He's, I mean, he's got to, I guess, start stepping up because I'm sick and tired of seeing Chris Owens in the lineup. <laughs> yeah. Even though, even though, like, it's like, maybe uh, we should, uh, it's hard to, like, talk crap about Hilliard or whoever else, but it seems like the further, the more crap I talk about Owings, the better he does. But still, today was uh, it was pretty brutal today watching was, him play out there. He, and I don't know why, if you missed it, folks, he was playing third base in lieu of Nolan, who got the day off totally, which was kind of surprising. But um, yeah, I thought maybe at least he'd be DHing. But I, I don't know. I, I'm all right with it, just with the way he was going and the way the rest of the team was hitting. But... We saw Chris Owens made back-to-back blunders over there. Um, But I don't know why you don't put McMahon over there at third. I don't either. I don't know why you – I mean, I honestly don't know why you you play Owings at all, but uh, I guess you do. Arenado is not exactly ripping it up right now. I get that, and he needs a a break, but – you know, uh, McMahon isn't necessarily ripping it up either, but he's definitely better defensively over there. Maybe. I, really, I don't know Chris Owings' defense that well, but from what I've seen so far, I know that I don't like it at third base. Yeah. That's for sure. I think of I mean, more second baseman. He's been okay, I guess, in left field and center, but... Man, I would really only feel okay playing him in at second. And it's not like his bat, like he's getting his hits. I don't have his average in front of me. He's getting his hits, but he's not. I mean, I guess he did hit a, did he hit two bombs last week or or just the one? But He hit two. He did hit two? Damn. I, I believe yeah, so. That, that's, or did he hit? I can't remember if that last one was in the one of the last the last game of the San Diego series or if it oh, was right. in the Giants series right. our series. Well, either way, he I mean he's doing okay. It's not like he's number 19 out there which you know, I think I think because of Nolan and what he does at the plate and at third and because of Trevor and what he does or had been doing in the field and at the plate, Charlie Blackman kind of gets overlooked. But yeah. Charlie Blackman is straight money. And I don't think we talk yeah. about it enough because usually when we're talking about him, at least here on the Rockaroo, not always, but a lot of times we were just dogging him on his defense. But man, he just he hits. Yeah, I don't know. I think season one of the Rockaroo, we talked, obviously we dogged his defense, but we talked a lot about him because he was an MVP candidate that year. And this year, uh, it's hard to say he's not as well because, I mean, he's, he's unstoppable. The, he the really, first, that's a great way to put it. He is lit, locked in and, yeah, he's just, he's unstoppable. There's... There's nothing holding him back, and it is fun to watch him take at-bats, and it's really fun, really fun to watch him take at-bats out of the three-hole. You know? Yes. It's like, it's, 
I'll, I'll bet this is the fastest or the best start that he's had from an RBI standpoint and maybe his career. And part of it is, well, yeah, it is. It's not part. It's he's hitting out of that three hole, man. Like it's that's big. That's huge. Three seasons too late, but better late yeah. than never. He's second in all of baseball, first in the National League in RBI with 18. I don't second to only judge with 19. Yeah, I'd almost wouldn't mind him hitting fourth. Trevor hitting third cuz you look at Trevor, he has 5 home runs and only 7 RBI. That seems uh-huh. not cool. Um but I I mean it's those three got the kingpins, right? Trevor, Nolan, and Charlie. Those are your your big three. Hopefully you can lock up Trevor. But uh, that's a future combo. I think from the standpoint of moving Blackman into the fourth spot, like I don't dislike that. I I see what you're saying there. The disadvantage is obviously, uh, you know, you don't guarantee him that that first at bat in the first inning. Yeah. I think the way he's swinging it now, you got to, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's you got to guarantee him that first at, but you got to get him in. He's got to get that first at bat in inning one. I mean, damn four fifty eight. What a bum. Which Daniel Murphy, of course, is second on the team with the three sixty four average, but uh, it's real easy to talk about today's game because it's fresh on my mind. Yeah. I feel like he, he definitely uh, gave up an opportunity, but so did McMahon. And, you know, it's it's weird to think about how well they've started and to really criticize these guys for missing opportunities on in the losses. But uh, I hate to to be really, really high on Daniel Murphy, but it's hard not to be based on the way he's swinging the bat like it's nice to see him in there like if he's playing dh i would really be pretty happy with the rockies lineup but he's not hampson obviously is getting some more playing time and i think that's good and it needs to continue and and you like to see that because dolls struggled a little bit it allowed the rockies to kind of take some pressure off of him and move him down the lineup and have that legitimate uh, leadoff guy going and relieve some pressure off Dahl and he kind of today I, I feel like he kind of came out of it a little bit and it's nice to have that flexibility but I really like the Hampson at second McMahon at first and then having Murphy as the DH but why are you even why are you pulling Murphy out of the lineup right now I don't know I don't know um I guess because of a lefty, but um, just that that traditional Sunday afternoon off, get them ready for the, the week ahead. I don't know. Well, and it's interesting to see, but the Rockies are 11-3, and three, hold the, the top spot in the NL West, 11-4, and four, sorry, and... Uh, they're seven and three in their last ten. They did take the took three of four games against the Giants. They took two of three games against the Mariners, and they just continue to win series. So uh, I think that all stems from one, they're starting pitching. 
I watch, you know, Gray give up a three-run jack, and I'm all pissed. And I'm thinking, gosh, dude, like, why can't he get it going? And then you look at it, and it's like, well, is it, I mean, is it really worth being that upset at him? He did go six innings, only gave up three earned runs. Uh, The other one, that fourth one, was an unearned run, but... And that's you like can't really complain about. It's not great, right? Like you don't want that going on a consistent basis, but ultimately that's you know that should get you there. And it did in this situation. Or no, I guess that game was a loser for the Rockies. Uh, that was the one game that they lost against the Giants. That unearned run that Trevor Story allowed, but. Which I shoot. You, I was thinking, does there need to be a new stat on like earned? Now I'm sure there's a saber metric out there that calculates this, but and it's probably WAR or DRS. But should there be like a stat in the traditional box score where that unearned run gets credited to the player who caused the error? or who was credited with the air. I know they get the air, but do you think they should also get get credit for that run scoring? Like how how so like a number of like the opposite of the defensive runs. Well, just like run saved or whatever it is. It would get attributed to that defensive player. So like Trevor Story would have one uh run allowed run allowed yeah one yeah. earned earned run allowed it's kind of like the 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 walks that score stat i'd like to have that be a stat bases on balls yeah. that score and again yeah. these are all yeah. i'm sure sabermetric stuff deep deep stat stuff <laughs> yeah it exists it's in the war stat somewhere i'm sure and it's definitely in the defensive run saved stat uh, or whatever that one is. I can't remember what the officially call it, but it'd be nice if it was in that just a standard, hey, number of runs allowed because of your errors. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that's, I mean, that that's fair. I mean, I think so. But even today, Marquez, you know, like, he... Gives up two earned runs, you know, and then gives up three in the seventh, and they were all unearned because of Owings over there. <laughs> but you know, it's like that's and then the Rockies end up making a comeback and scoring three in the or the top of the next inning, and it's like shoot, without that error, yeah, you know, like that's it's hard to. That's a hard link to make because of the way we all know how baseball goes. Uh, but, man, without that, then who knows what would have happened. So if you can just get the ball out of your glove, man, just get it out of the glove. And, and to be fair to Owings, I, I w- would wonder when the last time he played third base in a game was. I don't know. To be more fair, when was the last time he fielded a ground ball and pulled it out of his glove and threw it two feet to second base? Mm, that'd be something to to get Brendan on. Hey, Brendan, 
<laughs> Can you get on that, please? Go to the video. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, st- the starting pitching has been really, really good. The Rockies are actually, from a team standpoint, they're still up there in the in the overall standings. And they've played two series at Coors now. So I guess we will see what happens when they go back to Coors and how that ends up working out. But, you know, right now they're fourth ERA, fourth overall behind Oakland, who they just played and who's been absolutely destroying it. The Dodgers, who are second, we know how their pitching staff is. And then the Indians, who going in probably – most people had them ranked as, you know, a top five pitching staff. So, you know, those are the teams that they're behind. Every other team is behind them, which is crazy to even look at. I mean, it really is crazy from a from a standpoint of all, we'll call them all four pitchers, and then the kind of revolving fifth spot there, which I think we can get into now on what happened there because uh, that was pretty exciting. But, you know, from the the five starters and then the bullpen, you know, you, you see a little bit of stumbling here and there, but 284 is where the Rockies sit, 266 for the A's, 253 for the Dodgers, and 210 for the Indians. So there's not even a big, you know, discrepancy. And then if you go to the next one down, which is the Twins in the fifth spot, 349. There is a much larger discrepancy there. So it's like... That's pretty exciting, you know? Very, very exciting. I think, you know, going back to the short season thing, I think this is benefiting the Rockies uh, because they don't have to sit there and say, oh, well, we got we to gotta do this for 162 games. They can look at it and say, oh, we only need to do this for 60 games. No freaking problem. Let's do it. Let's go out there and get <laughs> it done. Um, just traditionally with the franchise, you know, you, you they have their ups and their downs, and they don't really sustain. And it's just, what do we see when they do make it? It's like, well, it's a, it's a push in July and August and September. Uh, so I think, I think this, Ben, this, this season benefits the Rockies. Um, it probably benefits all teams too. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know much about other teams. I pretty much just know about the Rockies, but uh, I like it. It's it's fun to fun to sit down and turn the games on and 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 see what's going on. Yeah, I will say this: the Rockies have by like by winning percentage have the third best record in all of baseball. Uh, Oakland's number one, and then you have the Cubs. Ugh. Actually, the Cubs are the Cubs are number one. Oakland's number two, and then the Rockies are number three. And then the Dodgers, of course, are a half game. They just played one more game, so they have one more loss than the Rockies. But the interesting thing about all of that is, so I just made mention of the top teams. Oh, and then let's see, Minnesota is right there, right? So they have. They're ten and six, but the top teams by ERA were the Rockies, the Dodgers, the Twins, and then the what was the other team that I said? Do you remember? Yeah, the Indians. Ahead of them. 
The Indians. Yeah. Okay. So, and the Indians have a, uh, they're, let's see. They don't necessarily have the, let's see where they're at. Nine and seven. So they don't have the greatest record, but the Cubs do have a, a good record. The best record in all of baseball. What's, what is their Take record? Take a guess Whoa. where these sit. Oh, scared, sorry. Scared me. Um, the, where the Cubs ten sit? Ten and three. Ten and three. Yeah. Get, take a guess where the Cubs sit from an ERA team ERA standpoint. So I just want, ranking wise. Okay, I, I'll do that, but I just want to make sure we're all clear. the The Cubs have the best record based on winning percentage. Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. So they're ten yes. and three, and what are the Dodgers? Eleven and five. Okay. Okay. And the Twins are. And the Twins are. Ten and six. Ten and six. Okay. Okay. So you want me to guess the Cubs ERA, team ERA? Yeah. Right. No, just ranked. Where they're ranked. Where they're ranked out of thirty teams. Out of yeah. thirty. Let's put them at fifteen. <laughs> ah, that's pretty close. Twenty. Oh. Twentieth. So wow. the only reason I bring that up is because all the other teams that are starting off well, that are doing well, have those you know strong what appears to be a strong pitching performance, whereas the Cubs are not there yet. Okay. So that probably you could wager they're just out hitting everybody right now. Yeah. And that's what you would normally say. But I guess if you're looking at average, they're ninth. So yeah, they're out hitting everyone. Maybe that central is kind of that, that one league that is not uh, the best uh, you kind of like the wet. The the A's have a really good team. Yeah. The Astros obviously do. And then, you know, the Angels aren't chump change, but uh, their pitching isn't great, so you, you kind of wonder. Then, the you know, obviously the Dodgers and then San Diego has been doing pretty well also. So you just wonder if the Central is kind of that weaker division uh, from that standpoint. But the, I mean, the Cubs do have a pretty, you know, good average. They're ninth overall, so they're out hitting people right now. But you just, I wonder if they'll eventually kind of, if they're outperforming right now, because the Rockies, from an average standpoint, I know we talked about them being second uh, before today's game. They were first overall in baseball for a batting average, team batting average. Now they are second after today's game to the White Sox. So mm. White Sox Rockies. So a lot it's it's nice to see that balance whereas the you know the Rockies are a top 5 hitting team and a top 5 pitching team they're the only team that is in the top 5 in both well I okay so if you're using average in NERA obviously they're the only team that's in the top 5 of both of those categories that you know are well they're the only one that's it. I mean that's it that's there's that's no cool. other way to say that. It's very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. And All right. So and, and oh, just ahead. one little little sprinkle on the top of that and this is Drew's been saying it too. Drew Goodman that is your favorite Colorado Rockies announcer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's without Nolan really being full Nolan. Um, though I would be remiss if I didn't say that he absolutely murdered that first home run. 
oh, yeah. of his this season against the Giants. Absolute first degree. First degree on that thing. Uh, that was pretty spectacular. That was, it was full bombnado. And ha- it was yeah. amazing. And have you noticed that without fans in the stands, all those hard contacts just sound so much better? I really like that. That's the one ben- yes. that's the one benefit of not having the crowd. And I do want to bring this up. I meant to bring it up last week. You know, I was talking about or we both were early in the season here about being nervous about the crowd, the fake crowd noise. I uh, wasn't a huge fan of it in Texas. Oakland was weird. I didn't like it in Oakland. But I think the the Coors Field staff did it really well. It was it was a little more subtle. Um, maybe I'm just being a homer on this, but I thought it wasn't distracting. And that's what I'm looking for. I don't want it to be distracting. And Seattle seemed like it was they did a pretty good job with it too. And um so so I wanted to, to yeah. make mention of that. I would agree with that. Oakland was real weird. It sounded like a like a bar or something. Yeah, you know, or like, or like a it was super sporadic. It was like all over the place. Or like a you know, soccer ball game. It sounded like there were drums and, and those bangy things. Or like a maybe a Japanese baseball game. It sounded a little more yeah. like so yeah, it did it it had a way different vibe than than what we heard at Coors and uh T Mobile. T Mobile Park. Which yeah. first time I think I've ever seen seen it on on video camera with the roof closed. I've always wanted to see it. And I think that was my first time. That's interesting. Yeah. That was funny. On the very first broadcast, Drew called it Safeco. And then when they came back, he said, uh, oh, and uh, during the commercial break, they changed the name of the field to T-Mobile. Yeah. I actually enjoyed that. That was that was good. Yeah. I liked I liked the correction. I liked the way he handled that. And that was pretty funny. Yeah. At least he, that's all we want. Just just admit to us you, you bleeped up, you know? That's all we want, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just go into the. I was going to go into uh, game two, or I guess replacing Chichi uh, Gonzalez in the fifth spot. But real quick, as I was saying, the Rockies are the only ones in the top five on both those categories. Just in case you were wondering, OPS, they are also a top five OPS. They're tied with the Cubs in the five spot. And whip, if you want another pitching category, they're third overall in whip. Uh, the Dodgers do have a top five OPS ranking, so you know that. But that's the only other team that ranks in you know both those categories in both pitching and and hitting categories. So uh, just in case you were wondering on that. So, anyways, going into the, I guess, the second game of the Mariners series. Chi-Chi goes on the IL, I guess. I don't, do you know what it was? Blister? I, Bruise ego? <laughs> sore shoulder? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it was. He he goes on the on the IL, and so we get to see a brand new pitcher 
for the Rockies. First first start, if I'm if I'm correct there. Is that is that right? That's what they told us. Yeah. Okay. First start and how do you do? Damn good. Damn good. Damn well. Did I am I using Adjective? Damn well is probably the more uh, <laughs> grammatically okay. correct way to say that, but <laughs> or maybe not. No, I guess I guess damn good is the more grammatically correct. Well would be in reference to you know how he was actually feeling. Here's what I thought when they said Ryan Castellani was making his major league debut. I thought bullshit. Didn't we see this guy like two years ago? making his debut. Uh, and then I thought a little more about it, and I was thinking of Matt Karasidi. So Matt Karasidi oh. and Ryan Castellani, I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah. Same, same, right? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but other than that, uh, I had a whale of a time watching him do his thing up there, out there. Yes. So he does not allow an earned run or... For that matter, he didn't didn't allow a hit. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty solid. He gets removed in the fourth inning after walking to or hitting a guy and walking a guy. And he gets yanked with 60 pitches under his belt. So in comes uh, our man Hoffman, who's looking pretty good, if I do say so myself. But Cassilani... Gets removed in the fourth inning, 60 pitches. We knew we knew that he was going to be on a, a pretty low pitch count just because obviously he's not, you know, getting the reps like he normally would. But how did you feel about that? Was that, uh, I mean, 60 pitches is pretty low. It seems like they would have let him go at least up to 80. Well, I think it was because he hadn't been pitching consistently. Sure. But I mean, at that point in time, you're talking about what he never even, those were the first two guys, I guess. Was Were those the first two guys to get on base? I don't. Against him? Yeah, I think the hit bat, the hit batsman was, ended the perfecto. The end of the perfect. Um, and then you walk a guy. So no outs, it, which is a big piece of it. Yeah. But. And I think what was the score? It was four zip at that point three zip uh i think yeah, the big four. the big thing is yeah it sucks the way that that went down obviously you would have wanted to ride that out sorry at that point in time big big difference here at that point in time it was it was uh i guess yeah it was four zip the rockies had just scored at the top of that inning sorry yeah okay and then he went out there for okay yeah so like, yeah, you want him to ride that out and see if he can finish it off, but you could tell. I mean, he hit the guy. He wasn't even close to the zone that inning. Uh, he was clearly gassed, which is a very traditional base. If you're new to the baseball game, um, very traditional term for a pitcher being tired, gassed, which you'd think gas would mean like he's gassed up and ready to rock, but... No, gas means he's out of gas. Um, gassed out. Gassed out, yeah. So, yeah. huh. But yeah, I think they took, you know, 
And you don't want to get them injured either. I mean, I think that's a big, big part of that. Yeah, you want them for the next time you need a fifth starter, which will be soon. Which will be hopefully forever. Um, though I'm surprised. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to Chi-Chi, but I'm surprised they didn't they didn't uh, tab Goudeau for that spot because Goudeau had uh, he had that start in that summer camp game and looked pretty good. Oh, you're talking from the beginning of the season before, like even letting Chichi go out there and no get hammered up a little bit. No, I, I mean I guess it, okay with Chichi, but no, Goudel. Br- br- you're talking about this start. this Friday, yeah, or Saturday, yeah. yeah. But they they made the correct know. decision. It seemed like, and you know, now that guy now, um, Castellani has has that confidence to build upon and that's sweet that's sweet stuff right there yeah like it so what you're telling me is you're you're comfortable with the decision there oh to take him out yeah i am i it sucks but what are you gonna do he's not stretched out well you want him to you don't want him blowing his elbow up or or whatever and plus i don't think it was it was probably just gonna get worse from there from my eyes and yeah, it was, I mean, dude's throwing a no hitter in his major league debut, but that's just the bad rub of this season. You know, if it was a regular season, he'd be stretched out in AAA, and he probably, probably, maybe could have gone further. Yeah, it's not like uh, on the last game of that uh, Giants series. Was it the last one? Thursday night game of the Giants series. Yeah, the last one. It's not like you leave a veteran guy in there right after he kind of is getting beat up a little bit and his next pitch ends up being a three-run jack. The, f- like the Freeland doing incident? something like that. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was – I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I, I can because they did end up winning, but that was hilarious. Because you had Goodman, of course, <laughs> saying, oh, well, Bud Black, you know, he's just going out there giving a very next pitch to some fucking guy named Dubon. Yeah. But that was... First home run that guy's probably ever hit. <laughs> no, it's not. That dude's some kind of... He's probably like a 10-year vet that we've never heard of before. No, he's a... He's a rook guy, or a young guy, at least. Maybe not a rook. Either way, he gives it up to some dude named Dubon. Yeah. Who's actually having apparently a decent season. And you're down at that so at that point it was one nothing, right? Then all of a sudden you're down yeah. three to one. Three to one or yeah. Um and there's another benefit of no crowd. You get to hear Kyle Freeland scream, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> But still, even at that, like that was very frustrating. But that's six and two thirds innings he goes, and he only gives up three runs. Well, yeah, the three that he gave up were like devastating. But <laughs> yeah, the, his teammates picked him up in the bottom of that inning, score five. They did, and Rockies end up winning six to four. So that was an exciting game. That was that was fun to watch. It was nice little afternoon getaway day there on Thursday afternoon a back and forth the Rockies and Giants have had a handful of those good afternoon middle of the week games at Coors 
um, recently within the last two, three seasons. I, I remember one last season, I believe it was kind of snowy early in the season and it was like a 13 to 12 game and it was just back and forth. Yeah. I think uh, from from this these two series, there were three uh, pitching or non-pitching moves or pitching moves that I was uh, kind of questioning. One was the one we just talked about, Freeland staying in there for it was at that point in time. It's you know it's it's six and two thirds. You know, like there's two outs and he had just I guess gave up a hit and walked a guy and and. To me, I'm like, yeah, right now's probably a good time to get him out of there. But no, Boop ends up hitting a three-run or getting a three-run jack hit against him. That's one of those deals where it's like, oh, yeah, I told you so. But really, he could have ended up striking that dude out and it would have been fine too. But even during that, while I was watching, I was like, now seems like a good time. I mean, he's, quote, gassed, unquote. (laughs) But at... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and later they end up winning so it, you know everything worked out the next one was the the first one we talked about leaving castellini in there or taking him out i was thinking oh, i'd like to see how he deals with adversity but that one worked out for the rockies so it was like two that worked out and then the last one which ended up working out for the rockies also i don't know how but uh today in today's game the Rockies are down five to nothing. Put in a, uh, are they're down five to nothing, and then in the top of the eighth, they score three to make it tight. So it's like, all right, now like they're finally getting something going on the on the back of uh, Hampson getting something going with two outs. I loved to see that. That was that was a great little mini rally, and then they bring in Kinley, who proceeds to walk the bases loaded is that what he ended up doing i think he hit a guy in there too well yeah, it hit w- a guy it, it was hit a guy would have been ball two. four anyway so i don't know if, however <laughs> you want to view that but yeah and then the leave him in there they didn't have a guy warmed up or i don't know base bases loaded and he ends up getting out of it which i guess I got proved wrong, but I was like, how do you leave him in there when he's so, one, he's all over the place. Well, uh, if you remember, but, if you remember, I'm sure Bud Black was paying attention, but Kinley did pretty well in the dice simulation. He, he, oh. was, he was one of the better relievers in that, so I think that was part of it for Bud. Well, he still has a zero ERA, so shame on me for being such a skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing with Freeland, you know, you look at that and then maybe in the future, maybe he doesn't leave him in and he does yank him, you know? So it's one of those and things. And the next pitcher comes in and hits a jack or gives up a jack. Well, sure, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's just more data on Kyle. And it was first pitch, too. And yeah, that's there's a thing, brutal. there's a thing, you can be the greatest pitcher who's ever lived. If you're tired, you're tired. Your arm just, yeah. isn't, you're not going to hit your spots. And that's what happened. You know, he missed high and high and in and the Dubon, you know, what did they always say? You got to, 
you got to capitalize on pitchers' mistakes, and that's what he did. And um, so, and obviously, the pitcher's always going to want to stay in there, the competitor. So that is your job as Bud Black, as Steve Foster, to say, "Hey, listen, you're just tired. It, there's nothing wrong with it. You're tired." But yeah, you know, it could go either way. Like you said, he could have struck that guy out. He didn't. And luckily they they came the the bats had his back, which is nice. That doesn't always happen though. Right. But um we have the luxury of of looking back on that one with positive thoughts and opposed it's different conversation if they lose it. But at the same time, also to your point, six innings and three runs, I think we talked about this last season or a couple of seasons ago, if you know, if someone a magic genie were to say, Hey, your starting pitcher is going to go six innings only and allow three runs, do you want to take that deal or not? I think you take that deal a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. But in the course of that that game, it was you know, it was a tight game at that point and Late, well, it was the sixth inning, or was that the seventh? It was the seventh. It was the seventh. Six and two-thirds is what he Six went. Six and two-thirds, yeah. that's right. Okay, so it was yeah. pretty late. Um, but again, it worked out, and and we can sit here and and talk about it without pain in our hearts. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is always the way to talk about. Uh, that's that's my favorite way to talk about things here on the Rockaroo, is in the, pos- yeah. the positive light. Yeah, and that game, uh, Murphy hit a, a pinch hit jack that uh, was pretty exciting. So that's it's nice to see we got that veteran guy that can come off the bench and smash one out for apparently the first pinch hit home run of the season for any team at all. Yeah, crazy. You heard that? I did, and I didn't know what to think, but because sometimes you know sometimes Drew and Houston get a note from Dougie and. And they'll read it wrong, and Dougie will have to correct them. And I just wonder how many times they don't go- get corrected on that stuff. So, yeah, on that, on that one, one actually was the situation because Drew immediately said that's Daniel Murphy's first pinch hit home run <laughs> yeah. ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, let me rephrase that. But as as long as as long as he gets it right, but. Yeah, how many times? So how I many don't times? sit here thinking, ah, oh, Daniel Murphy, that bomb, he can only hit one pitch hit run and our pinch hit home run in the fourteen years he's played baseball. That's pretty weak. Remember Matt Stairs? Remember that? Oh yeah, that was like a position. It was like in the National League, like pinch hit home run guy. It's like Matt Stairs, Giambi. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? I mean, John Vanderwall. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, you know, it's going to be like you, you brought up last season, Bryce Harper's future role. Um, so uh, not, not after the implement the DH, it's going to be, uh, that's that. Yeah. And there's another benefit for, you know, having Nolan long-term too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. You look at Adrian Beltre, and he played third base uh, up until the until end until his last season. So yeah, and Nolan seems like that type of player. So yeah, yeah, and he wasn't bad. I mean, he was not bad. He was definitely right. uh, serviceable. He was good out there. Yeah. Actually, yeah, 
a little above serviceable. A little probably, above so. serviceable, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. To, it was a good couple of series to watch. It's still one of those things where you just like for me just dwell on the ones that got away, but gotta love what I'm seeing, and all of the games have been exciting. Uh, it's nice to see Charlie Blackman. I mean, it is just fun to watch Charlie Blackman hit right now. It's it's extra fun, and that's that's exciting. It's really fun to watch uh, Trevor Story play, and I think additionally from the the Seattle series, it was really fun to watch Hampson play. I thought he uh, did quite a nice job out there, and man, it's like really fun to watch him run, man. Oh. Oh yeah. Um I remember one time long time ago at a at a Rockies game with someone and they were playing the Pirates and it was when there was a young Andrew McCutcheon and I made the comment to this person, "Yeah, I just want to watch McCutcheon run." And he hit a leadoff triple and that person was not pleased with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. So huh. I could see that being a thing. But I get it. Watching those fast guys go is awesome. And and not only that, then he goes yard on in the gap. At sea yeah. level, baby. At sea level. Yeah. So yes. that is sweet. Yeah, he's uh it's gonna be hard to yank him out of the lineup, I think, but who what do what do I know? Obviously not much when it comes to managing baseball teams. Otherwise I'd be doing well, it, I guess. Well, maybe, maybe not. Who you know is part of it, I would believe. Um Yeah. But I think Owings hurt himself today for sure. You know, in the in the mind of Bud Black. Hopefully he did. I mean the those were fairly routine plays. Yeah. Um, now you can't compare him to Nolan because Nolan is just out of this world. But even for a like, you got to imagine McMahon makes those. Even he, I don't know. Have we ever seen Hampson at third? I don't know. Uh, we have nothing that I can remember from a a, a defensive standpoint where it's like uh, like I know that he's played a game over there last year, I think, but I don't remember much about it. I felt like, oh man, has he got a strong enough arm to play there? But he plays short and uh, he's made some really good throws from, you know, from the hole in short. So you got to assume that he could, could do that. I would feel more comfortable with Hampson playing there than Owings, but you know, I, I don't want to pile on Owings too much <laughs> just because I don't like the guy, but you know, he is hitting, I guess, kind of. But he goes 0 for 4 today with two strikeouts and a pretty big error. So uh, I guess. What do you think? I don't know if I was listening to one of the bro- one of the broadcasts. I guess it was Drew probably that said uh, that Buddy Black, if a guy hits a home run, he's in the lineup next day. So what's uh, the situation when a guy strikes out <laughs> twice and has a massive error? <laughs> what do you think Nolan is thinking at that moment? When when Owens makes that error, because there was it was the it was the little like dribbler that he tried to bare hand and was just too late, and then right after that was the error. What's Nolan thinking? Yeah, I think Nolan's thinking. Definitely, I would have had that, but 
for the most part, like, I'm sure that, like, slides through his mind in, like, a very brief moment, but ultimately I'm thinking he's not thinking much about it at all. He's thinking about something else. Okay. Okay. As you probably should on an off day. I think he's he's a guy that focuses on himself, to be honest, and I think that that's, uh, that's the way he was. He's probably focused on taking his mind off the game and back into, he's probably thinking of some kind of form, some, something with his swing hitting form, something like that is really what I think he was probably thinking. It's hopefully Bud Black was thinking, what the hell is going on out there? <laughs> Why'd I put Owings at third? That he's the one that, that we really need to know what's going through his mind. Okay. Here's a, here's a better but, one for you. What's Brendan Rogers thinking? When he sees that. Oh, yeah. Brendan Rodgers is thinking, why the hell am I in Met- Metro State? <laughs> Metro State, wherever, right. wherever the hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why the hell am I at Metro State? That's what he's thinking. Get me out there. This is ridiculous. I don't really play third, but I could play third better than that. Yeah. I will say the other thing I've wondered what was going on, and maybe... Uh, I was actually watching this game from the no sound situation, but on um, Saturday night when there was a little pop-up to, it ended up being Nolan's ball, but it was a a pop-up to the left side, like high and Drew Butera got out there and Nolan was out there and Nolan ends up making the catch. And it definitely looked like Butera was kind of like, giving him the old side eye, like, what the hell, man? Like, why didn't you call me off or something like that? I don't know if you saw that, but it was I did. interesting to me. Yeah, it didn't look uh, cordial between them two after. No. Between them two, between not. the two of them after not. that. Um, <laughs> I don't, who, I never know. You don't know as the viewer to if someone's calling someone else off, but I mean, the, the, the infielder, if they can get to that ball, they need to just because the catcher's glove is not uh, very conducive. Ideal. Not ideal for, for balls in the air like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think Nolan probably has this thing. We talked about it last week where it's just like, if it's anywhere near him, just get the hell out of there. And that's probably what Nolan yeah. was. What the hell are you even trying to come over here for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it was it was interesting to see. Anyways, I do know who would get the the better deal out of a conflict there, though, from all aspects. And Butera probably should watch out what's going on there. I like Butera, other than the baseball bat hitting. Yeah, let's. Uh, we're almost up here, but I do want to talk about Elias Diaz. First off, oh yeah, I can't remember what game it was in the San Francisco series, but Jairo came in to pitch and he was wearing number 35. And I was thinking, why did he change his number? And then I thought maybe because they did, so rosters went from 30 to 28. Rocky sent out uh, Goudeau and Fuentes, neither of whom played. Um, so I was thinking maybe maybe Goudeau had 35, and but that wouldn't make sense. And then I didn't, I didn't think anything more of it until... Friday night when Elias Diaz started behind the plate and he was wearing number 35 and Drew and Huey made some comment about, oh, it looks like he's wearing the right number. So I'm thinking, because their last name is both Diaz, I'm thinking the 
either the clubhouse attendant or whatever put the wrong jersey in the wrong locker. <laughs> and did you notice that at all? I can't yeah, remember what so, San Francisco. So you must have. Were you? That was the se- That was the last game. I think that was Thursday. Thursday's game. Okay. And you maybe you were listening to it on the radio or going no sound or whatever. But Drew and and Huey obviously were making big comments about that when he came in. Not only that, if you notice, he came in for one out in the eighth, and then he came in and finished up the ninth. And when he came back out for the ninth, he was re- wearing the right jersey. Oh, number. he was okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's what they were saying. Like, oh, and they were saying, oh, Diaz, our Elias Diaz came out to warm him up, and he was also wearing the right jersey number. So they're like, oh, they probably switched back or whatever the case may be. I guess you have to have an extra jersey. There's no way in in today's world that you can just go ahead and wear someone else's jersey and that be okay, right? That's <laughs> got to be think, against the. You wouldn't think <laughs> something but that some made that of, was before the um, the uh, oh the, each team now has a. I don't remember what they call them, but someone to monitor, make sure everyone's wearing the mask in the dugout and quality control person, I guess. Yeah, safety control or whatever it is. Anyway, what I really wanted to talk about was Diaz at the plate, Elias Diaz, the catcher. Uh, Is it Elias or Elias? Oh, it's probably Elias. Elias? Yeah, I don't know. That ball comes off his bat hard. Whether yeah. it's an out or not, it comes off hard. Um, I think he's a little bulky behind the plate. Haven't seen tons of him back there, but little bulky. You know, I like Tony or Drew behind the plate more, but um, for hitting purposes, I mean, you, you hit it hard enough enough times, it's think good things are going to happen. Oh, man, I just sounded like Drew Goodman, I feel. <laughs> Yeah, way better, way better option from the hitting standpoint with uh, Diaz, but uh, from the defensive standpoint, it is not. It doesn't look as good like that today when he tried to throw that guy out. It's like, whoa! Don't even throw that man. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, but I, I don't think that he hurts you drastically. Hurts you behind the plate. It's just that Butera and Tony are so much better. It's hard to consistently put him out there as your your one guy yeah so and you can't obviously you don't put him in as a dh or any catcher i guess you're carrying three catchers so maybe you do but maybe it doesn't matter i guess it doesn't matter from a i'm just thinking from an injury standpoint maybe what you do is you play drew or tony behind the plate and then dh for them with diaz and let your pitcher hit because I think you can D, yeah. I think you can D by the rule you can DH for any any player on the field. Is that correct? Yeah, that is, yeah, that is correct. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe when uh, Marquez is pitching, they can do that. That's not a bad idea at all, or it is really crappy idea. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> with uh, with the way that Butera and and Tony swing the bat, maybe you're maybe you're just fine. Although Tony's been kind of picking it up a little bit more. I feel a little bit more comfortable that back there. Yeah. Butera, not so yeah, much. Yeah, all you need from Tony is singles and a a gapper or a ball down the line every now and then. I mean, you can live without the long ball. Obviously, it'd be nice to have it, but 
If he can hit around 300 just with singles getting on base, um, I guess asking someone to hit 300 is asking a lot. But in today's yeah. baseball, I mean, we talked about last season, to not be able to hit five home runs is like just crazy. As an every, uh, basically yeah. an everyday player, it's just crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. That's crazy. And what bumps me out is we've seen, like, Tony has top shelf power. He go back and look at a ball he hit in New York. He went he went double decker down the down right field. So he has the power and he has gap power. It just it doesn't show up a lot. Show up a lot. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. It seems like he could be a lot better hitter than he is based on some at-bats that I see him take. And then other at-bats, I'm like, different guy. Yeah. So I don't know. So it is it is odd. It is odd. But, uh, you know, until... I guess I, I don't want to get too critical on the Rockies right now because I already feel like I hammered them quite a bit. So until the go on some kind of weird losing streak right now gotta be excuse me gotta be happy he said it out loud he said it out loud Uh, but the the point is you gotta keep you gotta keep vigilant because one nothing is over yet even though it is a short season nothing's over and you still have to play the Dodgers who always play you tough Uh, and that I can't wait for those games because those will be testers and I, it does piss me off. I think what they play like seven in LA and only four or three in Denver, something like that. Yeah, I don't have the schedule yeah. in front of me, but it's it's unbalanced, which is BS. But I mean, what do you expect? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. They still have to play the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers, which they haven't played yet, but. In division, they still things look pretty good. They've played the good team. They have to play the Astros too, uh, which they haven't played yet. But they've they've played some good teams. So they have, they have. Um, well, the Oakland thing surprises me. I didn't know. Would you say they're like have the fourth best best record right now or something? Um, the second best. Second best. Okay. Yeah, by by percentage, they're twelve and four. Okay, and half of their losses yeah. are to the Rockies at at their home, so that's nice. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, with that being said, unless you got something else, I'll move right into a quick little uh, coming up, and then we'll call it a good one. Okay. <laughs> so nothing else is. What I have no. I you you can Perfect. just you go into it, and if I've got something, I'll stop you. How about that? All right. Well, there. Well, there it is. So next, the Rockies come back to Coors Field from Seattle, back to Coors Field, and they will play those snakes, the D-backs. They come to town. They're gonna throw Robbie Ray in Game One. He's bringing his 9.45 ERA to Coors Field. We'll see how that works out. John Gray, he's going for the Rockies. This might be the game. He picks it up and puts it down. I have a feeling that's coming. So that's Monday. Tuesday, Diamondbacks still in town. They're going to throw Zach Galen. He's kind of their main dude. 2.81 ERA. 
He's going against Freeland. Freeland is 2-0 right now. 2-41 ERA. He's going to keep it going. And hopefully the Rockies bats get hot again. And the Rolo Snakes. Third game of that series, Luke Weaver. I don't know if you remember that dude. They traded for him. He got injured. He's bringing his 12.19 ERA to Coors Field to go against the 3-0. Sensatella, 2.65 ERA for him. He is really ripping it. That's your next three-game set. The Rockies get an off day on Thursday, and then in come the Rangers. So we'll see the Rangers again. That will be it for the Rangers. Three-game series all the way through Sunday. That's when we'll pick it up again. I'll let you know who they play after that series. Uh, but it is a, here's a little hint, it is another Texas team that's not the Rangers. So I think you can figure that out. Anyways, next uh, next two series, Diamondbacks-Rangers. Rockies need to keep up what they're doing. And go Rockies! Rockies!